Hey, family and friends, guests, people that were told to watch the service by your persistent friends who would just not give up on you until you tuned in. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. My name is Jeff, and I get the pleasure of serving you as the online pastor here at Sandals Church. I want you to know that we have this crazy, awesome vision for a church. It's all about being real. Real with ourselves, that's right, you. Real with God, don't worry, he can take it. And real with others, because at some point, you need to share all this realness with somebody else. I want you to know that if you're watching somewhere that, that has a chat enabled, we would love for you to jump in there too. Say hi and, and tell us where you're from. We would love to connect with you. And if you are new and would like to connect with us, head to sandalschurch.com next and me or my team will get in contact with you. I don't know about you, but I love eating meals with my family. I, I, I love watching sporting events with my brothers and, and I love watching movies, even with my neighbors. And, and, and it's an awesome thing to watch with others. It, it's a different experience. The experience is better with others. And the exact same concept applies here. The ideal way to experience this service is with others. If you want to invite someone to watch this with you, click share or point them to move.sc slash watch with me. We've also made it possible for you to have an in-person watch party with your friends, family, coworkers, or neighbors that you feel safe with right in your own home. You can find out how to do that by going to sandalschurch.com slash anywhere and start hosting your very own Sandals Church Anywhere experience wherever you are. Right now, we are going to get our sing on or our sang on, depending where you come from, as we lift up the name of the Lord with our praise and our thanks. Let's sing together. Hey church, we're gonna worship our good God together. We want you to join in with us. So would you lift your voice, would you clap your hands and let's give him the praise that he is worthy of. Come on, join in. As I reflect, I find perspective.
thanks so much for singing with us and letting God know how much we love Him and at the same time reminding ourselves how awesome God is. If you're a family watching with teenagers, this is a message that they can totally hang out and watch with you. Sometime this week, they can also go to Sandals Church Youth page on YouTube that is totally fire and on point. You probably don't know what that means, parents, but your teenagers do. Or if you have kids, you have young kids, we want you to know that we have a service with them in mind. They can actually go to kids.sandalschurch.tv where there's programming just for them. I promise you, they will love it. Okay, everyone, I, I think we definitely still need to be, and I'm so glad we are, still in this awesome series called Election. It, it doesn't matter whether you're here in the United States or in another country, or on the left or the right, conservative or liberal, confused or just plain downright done with it all. Pastor Matt has another power-packed message for us all. Let's listen in to what God wants us to hear. Here's Pastor Matt. Hey guys, hey. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm glad you guys are here today. I'm glad you are tuning in, and I want you to know I'm praying for you. I know that this series called Election, Seeing Politics Through the Eyes of God has been challenging, and I promise you today will be even worse. So there is your warning. Check out now. Uh, today I want to talk about really the real issue. How do we as Christians, and maybe you're not a Christian and you're joining us today, you're, you're in service or you're watching from home, or maybe somebody said you need to watch this. How do we bring about real political change? Because every four years we vote, and every four years we're told that this election is more important than any election before, and that's because none of the elections before brought about the change that we wanted. And so whether you're to the left or to the right, I wanna talk to you today from God's perspective, how you make dramatic, real, intentional change when it comes to politics. And so let's just start up at where we are. The, the people of Israel are invading the promised land. It's the promised land because God has de designated this small territory in the Middle East for himself to draw people to himself to worship him in the way that God chooses. And so they start with Jericho, they cross the Jordan River, they invade Jericho, and really they do nothing. They march around singing, chanting, actually they're silent for six days, and then they shout on the seventh day, the walls fall down, and they're victorious. And then last week we found out they forgot to invite God into the process, and they're defe defeated by a town called Ai, okay? And it literally means dump, trash heap, garbage in Hebrew. That's what they lose to without God. And so this week, we're going to deal with the actual problem. We're going to look at the troublemaker that brought all of this hardship on the people of Israel. And that's one of the things you need to know as a Christian. It doesn't take a lot of rotten fruit to ruin the bunch. Literally, the Apostle Paul says, it just takes a little yeast to work its way through the entire dough. And if we're not careful as Christians, we're going to let the yeast of sin, we're going to let the rotten fruit destroy our churches, destroy our families, and destroy ultimately our future. So how do you bring about real political change? Number one, 
Never forget this. Never apologize for this, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, or just confused. Number one, get the money out of politics. Get it out. Get it out. Some of you guys don't realize this, but Joe Biden, in the name of poor people, in the name of the little guy, raised a record $1 billion for his campaign. Now, let me ask you, little people, let me ask you, poor people, how, how on earth do you think that billion dollars is gonna work for you? Because I don't think it is. And if you're a Trump supporter, you're like, that's why I wanna make America great again. He got 950 million. Okay, just a little short, just a little short. And to make matters worse, did you know in this last election cycle, politicians spent $14 billion on this campaign? Not only that, but did you know that people running for Congress in North Carolina got over $100 million from people in California? Let me ask you, what do people in California, do we not have enough problems in California? <laughs> did California, you know what? We've been so good, we're gonna help North Carolina screw it up too. <laughs> people in California, you gave $100 million to North Carolina. I don't know if you're aware, but I think we have some homeless people that could have used that money. It's disgusting. And you know what that money is? That money is a promissory note on future promises. That's what that is. And don't you ever forget it. People don't give that kind of money for nothing. People lay down millions of dollars because they want the privilege of getting something back. This is why the Bible says, we're here to talk about the Bible. You wanna change the world, start to see politics the way God does. Here's what God said from the apostle Paul to a young pastor. Because money doesn't just ruin politics, it ruins pastors. And here's what Paul says to Timothy. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some of you are like, good, I ain't that evil. I got no money. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't love it. <laughs> Listen to these words. It is through the craving, the craving of money, that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. You know, I truly believe that there are politicians that started out small with big dreams. They walked the streets, they knocked on doors, and they had a passion to make your life better and my life better. But somewhere along the way, somebody sat them down. Somebody took them out to dinner. And somebody said, if you just listen to me, I'll make your life easier and I will fund your campaign. Fund your campaign. You know, this is the first campaign in my life that Tammy and I gave money to a candidate. And we supported a candidate for one of the, from the darkest areas in Southern California, Compton, California. It has been a disaster for decades. And I supported a young and up and coming uh, black man who I thought had a vision. You know, he was out fundraised by like literally hundreds of millions. And I thought, how do I help this guy? How do I help this guy who survived a drive-by shooting, who survived literally serving his country? He's a United States veteran and he wants what's best for his country because I don't have the money to compete with what his opponent raised. It's disgusting. And, and in that instance, it's a Republican versus a Democrat, but sometimes it's the opposite. They all pay to play and it's a problem. And here's what I want you to understand. Some of you are gonna walk away from this message and you know, I don't get God. No, 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 you don't get money. You don't understand what money does. I don't care how pure you started, money will destroy you. It will distract you. And the love of it will bring all kinds of evil into your life. 
So God starts this movement of God and he starts this political movement and he brings, he literally brings the people of God their first victory and they win. But here's what God said, when you destroy Jericho, listen to this, he said, destroy it all. All of it. The only people that survive is Rahab. Only the prostitute and her matter and her family. That's all that matters. Everything else has to be wiped out. You say, Pastor Matt, there's things that we could use for the poor. There's things that we could use, uh, you know, for the needy. There's things that we could use for the hungry. Listen to me. One of my favorite political scientists from the 1940s, Jean-Paul Sartre said this, any institution, regardless of its intention and or purpose, in the end only serves itself. You see, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. You can take a job working to save the homeless and find yourself in a mansion. What happened? What happened? You see, the reason we don't solve homelessness is homelessness is big business. And people make lots of money by the problem not being solved. And that's the truth. But they said to Joshua, he said, get up. Remember Joshua's crying, oh my gosh, we lost, we're terrible, we're doomed. Sound like you, right after the election? Where are you, Jesus? My vote wasn't counted. Get up, stop crying. Why are you lying on your face? You're like, the Lord sees me all the time, he sees you. Joshua's crying, freaking out, get up. Get up, Israel has sinned. They have broken my covenant. You see, God made an arrangement. Here's the arrangement. You listen to him, you do well. You alter that in the slightest bit, you don't do well. You are terrible, you're awful, and you are headed for an angry conversation with an awful God. And that's what happens to Achan. He says, they have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. I want you, as we go through this message today, every time you hear the word they and them, I want you to understand that God is using this in the plural tense to make a point. Achan's the only one that sinned, but they and them allowed it. And so you go off on your high horse and you start blogging and Facebooking about all these nasty, terrible people in politics. Well, let me ask you a question. Who keeps sending them there? They and them, that's you and me. And if we wanna hold them accountable, we have to hold ourselves accountable. He says, they have not only stolen them, but listen, they've lied about it. And they've hidden the things among them, amongst their own belongings. Let me tell you something, you fool me, you fool your family, you cannot fool God, God sees. He says, that is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. You wanna know why your life's a mess? Because there's sin in your home. And God wants you to uncover it today. Look, you wanna change politics, get the money out of it. Get it out of there, get it out of there. Europe has strict regulations on what can be given and who can be given. And these super PACs, all those things are, are the opportunities for rich people to control your life and mine without putting their name on it. That's what it is, it's disgusting. It's sickening. They get to decide how we live and they don't even have the guts to come out and say what they're for. For now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. Listen to me, Israel went from being blessed by God and now they're about ready to be destroyed by God. If you care about America, we've been blessed by God, but we are about to be destroyed by God if we don't get our crap together. And don't point to the left, don't point to the right, look at yourself. If we will, this is what he says. He says, we will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. You see, God doesn't want you just crying. Ah! 
God wants you repenting. You know what repentance isn't? Anger. Repentance isn't tears. Repentance isn't whining. Repentance isn't depression. Repentance is repentance. You actually have to change. So the first thing we have to do is we have to look at our political process. There's a reason God said, when you go into Jericho, destroy it all. And here's why God never marches for money. He marches for you. You ever wonder why Jesus didn't own a home? He had to borrow a donkey to go into Jerusalem. Don't you wish you could do that? The Lord needs it. Okay, here you go. He said Mustang, 5.0, 5.0, convertible. It's California. But you know, Jesus never lived in a home. Jesus never ran for office. Jesus did all of these things to, to show you how you and I need to make a difference. Look, there's a reason I drive a Subaru. A, it's a cool car. <laughs> but let's be honest, it's also a mom's car. It's okay, I can take it. But listen to me, what I drive, how I live, says something about God. And I care more about your soul than I do about my lifestyle. And that's the kind of leaders we need. We need people that care about you and wanna serve you. So how to bring about political change? Number two, hold your own side accountable. Hold your own side accountable. I got so many people that were upset with me because I came out and said that the killing of George Floyd was wrong. You wanna know why I said that? Because it was wrong. And I had all these people, well, what about black families? I don't know if you've noticed, I'm not black. <laughs> My last name is Brown, and that's it. That's it. You wanna know why I don't tell black families what to do? I'm not black. I have enough issues with my Brown family, amen? <laughs> Isn't it sad how we just constantly wanna hold the other side accountable? Right, CNN, checking every single lie Donald Trump says. That's great, why don't you look at the lies you say? Half the country calls you fake news and you're like, why? I wonder why that is. That's why Jesus said, love your enemy. Cause sometimes they're the only one that's honest with you. Our news is disgusting. Fox and CNN. And don't get me started on MSNB hee haw. Don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> My gosh. I literally was watching this. They were recounting the votes in Arizona. Rachel Maddow on live TV went, oh, Trump's coming back, oh no. I thought you were a reporter, not a cheerleader. My gosh. Joshua 7, 13 through 15. Get up, command these people, purify themselves tomorrow in preparation. Here's what God's saying. You wanna be my people, then you need to recommit to being my people. And some of you, you're so worried about our country going to hell. Well, let's worry about the church going to hell. Where are we? God's not worried about the Canaanites. They're Canaanites. God's worried about the Israelites. For this is what the Lord says. Listen to these words very carefully. The God of Israel says, hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. Let me just ask you, are there things in your life that are set apart for the Lord that you've kept for yourself. I'm guessing there are. And the reason you're so impassioned about holding the other side accountable is you're scared to death of being accountable yourself. 
Listen to what God says. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things among you. And some of you at church, you love it when I preach against the sin of others, but boy, I touch yours. You're like, we're out of here. <laughs> you love it. Give it to him, pastor. You preach it. And then I talk about you. You're like, I don't know. I don't know where he's going. You see, the word of God is an equal opportunity offender. Jesus Christ said, blessed is the one who is not offended on the count of me. That's what Jesus said. He said, in the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes. And the Lord, listen, and the Lord will point out the tribe to the guilty man that he belongs. Man, isn't that crazy? Nobody knows who it is, but God always knows. God always knows. Jesus said on the day of judgment, there will be many who say, Father, I did all of these things in your name and he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Listen to these words, you worker of iniquity. Here's what God's gonna say. You were always on the other team and I knew it. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ on the night that he was betrayed, he looked Judas in the face and he said, listen to these words, now go do what you must do. He always knew. He loved Judas every day but he knew Judas was his betrayer. He said that tribe must come forward with its clans and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That clan will then come forward. Listen to this. And the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. And then the one who has stolen what is set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire along with everything he has. For he has broken the covenant of the Lord and listen to this, and he has done a horrible thing in Israel. Can I just be honest with you? Some of you read this story and you believe God is the one who did a horrible thing. That reveals two things. You don't know God and you don't know sin. You wanna know why America is broken? Because we tolerate the hidden things. We tolerate the things that have been set apart for God for ourselves. And we allow our politicians year after year to go to Congress and become filthy rich. Look, I am deeply concerned about why the president of the United States didn't reveal his taxes. I wanna know who he owes money to. I wanna know that. But if you're a Democrat and you're amening right now, why don't you care about all the money Biden's made? Why doesn't that bother you? And here's the truth. You don't really care about financial accountability. You just want to win. That's what you want. Politics is not sports. It's our life. People's lives depend upon real leaders with integrity. And this is why God says, I will not tolerate this. God says, Israel, you want to steal, you want to hide, you want to cheat, you want to lie, you're on your own. And if America wants to be a country that lies, cheats, and steals, we're on our own. And let me tell you something, even if you're an atheist, you need to know America has been blessed by God and that blessing can be removed. We're so quick to judge others, aren't we? Some of you have never read Romans 1, our next series. Uh, at the beginning of next year, it's called When in Rome. And you know the saying, right? When in Rome, do as Romans do. That's not actually what the book of Romans says. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about how to follow Christ in a culture that doesn't. Romans 2, 1. Romans 1 condemns all of us. 
Romans 2, 1 says, and you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. People say Christianity is a crutch. I say, amen, I have a broken soul. I have a broken soul and I will not apologize for my, my understanding that I deeply need God and I need to be forgiven and that is truth to me. When you say they are wicked and they should be punished, listen to what Paul says, you are condemning yourself. How dare you, Achan, judge the Canaanites when you stole from the Canaanites? Who do you think you are? And you don't think I see? God sees and God is watching. And it may be blind, to, we, may, we may be fooling our clan, we may be fooling our friends, we may be fooling our work, but we don't fool God. How to bring about real political change, next. And let me, this is controversial, hang in there, hang in there. Always support transparency, specifically voting transparency. And some of you Democrats are like, oh my gosh, Donald Trump's gonna steal the election. Why would any of us be worried about real votes? Why? If you're a Democrat, I want you to know this. I got this on today.u.gov. 66% of Democrats when surveyed in, in 2018 believed Russia actually changed the voting tally. So a couple years ago, Democrats, you were all about voter fraud, but it was the Russians. Well, let me tell you something. We have a much deeper problem than the Russians. They're called Americans. They're called Americans. Look, I worship Jesus. He's amazing. He rose from the dead. But we got people who are voting from the dead. That's you. Hey, you got to admit that's impressive. You thought your grandma could just knit. She can vote from the other side. Joshua 7, 16, 19. Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord. I want you to understand, Joshua doesn't know who's getting judged. He's just being obedient. You wanna know why? He cares about transparency. I just wanna know what happened. Let me tell you something. I, I, ultimately, it doesn't matter to me whether it's Biden or Trump. I just want it to be honest and fair. That's all I want it to be. Because if it's not honest and fair, we don't have a democracy anymore. We are not the United States of America anymore. And if you're a Democrat, you should be concerned about that. And if you're a Republican, you should be concerned about that. And we should support transparency. It doesn't matter. I don't want to live in a country where cheaters are in charge. Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Whoa. And then the clans of Judah came forward. The clan of Zerah was singled out. Oh, it gets worse. Then the families of Zerah came forward and then it was the family of Zimri and then it was the Zimbardis. <laughs> Zimbar Dan Zimbardi is my executive pastor. He's not in this list, but I'm watching. I'm watching. I mean, there's a lot of Z's here, right? Every member of the Zimri's family was brought forward person by person. Do you know what this is a picture of? This is a prophetic picture of judgment day. Person by person. And then Achan was singled out. Can you imagine? God is walking through the field, sheep by sheep. And he separates, the Bible says, the sheep from the goats. And then he looks at one of the sheep 
and he says, this is him. How on earth did God do this? You know, the text doesn't tell us. Isn't that interesting? Joshua's just walking through. First the tribe, then the family, then the individual family, and then the person. It's you. It's you. And Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel. How do we do that, church? By telling the truth. By telling the truth. Listen to me. If there's any hope for America as Christians, we have to tell the truth even when our team loses. I love my son. He's competitive like me. Every time he loses, the other team cheated. <laughs> Every time. We've never gotten in the car after a game. Dad, those guys were really good. <laughs> and you know what that is? That's just how we all feel. Most of us just learn as we age to mask that. Like we never lost. We never played a better team. They cheated. And you know why that is? Because we haven't learned to walk in the truth as he is in the truth. We haven't learned to do that. He says, make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. I want you to know this, that you and I have precious little time to tell God the truth. And here's the thing you need to know. He already knows the truth. He's just waiting for you to admit it. And here's the good news. If we tell the truth now, and we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and our sins will be separated us as far as the East is from the West. And when we stand before God, we will be forgiven. But if you wait till judgment day, when they separate you by the clan, by your family, and then by you, your confession doesn't matter. It's too late. And unfortunately for Achan, it's too late. How to bring about real political change, number four. And this is hard for some of you because you've been lied to. You know how I know that? You went to school. And here's what they taught you in school, that human beings are naturally good. And through reasoning, we can achieve great things because we're evolving, we're getting better. Really? Have you watched the news? If you want to bring real political change, you need to accept human nature for what it is. And let me tell you what human nature really is. Most people, most people, like even your grandma, most people are good until they have an opportunity to be bad. I love those TV shows where they throw a wallet with money. You seen the, the new ones where they do that, the, the, you know, the iPhone, if iPhone's a thousand dollars, you just throw it on the ground, person after person. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. When I was a teacher, when I first started Sandals Church, I had an individual uh, in my class steal something from me. I only had 12 students. I, I taught in a special needs school. I only had 12 students. That means I had a pretty good chance of knowing who it was. There's only 12. And I just told, somebody tell me, I, I know we're gonna do a search. I, I, know, I know one of you has it. And they all lied to me. I'll never forget. As we're going through and the police officer's patting down every kid, they pull up the pants and sure enough, the kid has my stolen things right around his ankle. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> and he's smiling like he didn't know it was there. He taped it to his ankle. Pretty clever, but we still caught him. 
Make the good confession. Make the good confession. Some of you parents, well, my kid will never look at porn. Well, do you have a computer in the house? Listen to me, parents, you know what a computer is in the house? It's inviting a stripper out front just to dance naked. <laughs> my children will never look. They're looking right now. What are they doing? You gotta be careful. You gotta be honest. My kid will never lie to me. No, they're just really good at it. That's why you don't know. I tell my kids all the time, your dad was such a good liar. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. One of my favorite times was one of our kids confessed to his sin seven different ways, seven different times. And the eighth time they're like, I swear this is the truth. I'm like, your credibility is shot. <laughs> Most people, when given the opportunity, will cheat. Hold on to your seats, Democrats. That's why mail-in voting is stupid. It's stupid. If Biden won, he needs to win fairly. And we know people are filling out these ballots everywhere. And our media is going, look over there when we need to look at the facts and face the facts as a country. We don't believe that thou shalt not lie anymore. We don't believe that as a country. And it's problematic. And many Americans, unfortunately, will do what they believe they can get away with. And let me say this, not as a Christian, but as an American, your vote is the most sacred thing we have as an American. It's the only time you and I get to say who's in charge. And that vote better be yours. And if it's not yours, then don't vote. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because if we don't regain, if we don't regain credibility, there won't be an America. The voting booth is a sacred place for us as Americans where we get to decide our future. So tell the truth. Be open and honest whether or not it impacts or affects you. Because let me tell you something, if you make decisions in life solely based upon how it will benefit you, then you are no longer walking with God and he will not bless you. Some of you every day, you cut corners, you cheat on your taxes, you lie to your kids, your spouse, your wife, your friends. I want you to know this, that God is removing his hand of blessing from you right now as I speak. He does not bless lying. He blesses the truth. And as Americans, we need to be honest. We got problems. God tells the people of Israel, you got problems. And one guy cheated. One. Can I just be real? Cheating wasn't widespread. God wouldn't tolerate one cheater. Not one. Achan replied, it's true. It's true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. You say, well, it's... It's just a little stuff, right? It doesn't matter. They, they weren't using it anyways. We killed them all, right? No. You lied to God. 
Listen to me, if you're a new Christian, you need to understand, I don't care what you read on a blog. I don't care what you read in a book. I don't care what a Christian celebrity is telling you. Your job is to listen to God, not the celebrities who claim they speak for him. God will hold you accountable for sin. And oh, by the way, the Bible tells us what sin is. We don't get to vote on that. They didn't vote for the 10 commandments. They were given the 10 commandments. Among the plunder, he said, I saw, oh, listen to this. I saw a beautiful robe. Now, if you're a Christian for a long time, this should sound very familiar to a story in Genesis chapter three, when the woman saw that the fruit was good. He said, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon. Isn't that amazing, men and women? We all lust after different things, but we all lust. He said, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon. I saw 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. What did Eve say? I saw that the fruit was good. I coveted it in my heart and I took it. I took it. I wanted a robe. I wanted silver coins. I wanted gold. Do you know why Judas hated Jesus? We only have one glimpse into his issue with Jesus. And do you know what it was? He felt like Jesus wasted money. Remember there was a woman who anointed Jesus's feet with oil. And he said, we could have, we could have taken care of the poor with that. He had no desire for the poor. And many of the politicians who speak in the name of the poor could give a rip about the poor. He said, I wanted them so much that I took them. And that's where some of you are today. You know why your life's so miserable? Because you're looking on Instagram and you want it so bad, you're ready to take it. You're coveting, you're desiring what somebody else has. You're rejecting the command of God. You know what God said? Oh, but everybody says you can just follow your desires in your hearts because God would never give you a desire if he didn't want you to fulfill it. Oh, don't take the robe. I don't care how beautiful it is. Don't take the money. I don't care if it's just sitting there, right? God wouldn't have wanted me to have it if I didn't stumble upon it. Don't you notice he just acts like, he doesn't tell us how he found it. Do you think there was just like a beautiful robe and gold laying out in a room? Is that what you think? We don't know. He said, I wanted them so much that I took them and they are hidden in the ground beneath my tent. Listen to this, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. He didn't have one treasure, he had two. He had the treasure you might find. And then he had the treasure that he knew no one would find. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes to get to the truth, you gotta keep digging, amen? amen. You gotta keep digging. But here's the thing. Some of us judge Aiken. Some of us judge the Democrats. We judge the Republicans. Let me tell you what will change politics in America. This is how you bring real change. Look for stolen items in your own tent. What would happen if Joshua sent an army of men to dig in your home? What would he uncover? What would he find? What would he find at first? And then where's your silver laid? Where is it? Joshua 7, 22 through 26, 
So Joshua sent some men to make the search. They ran to the tent and they found the stolen goods hidden there. Let me ask you, what if God searched through your home, your bank accounts, your secret cash reserve? What would God find? Just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. Then they laid them on the ground. They laid them on the ground in the front of the people. They took the things from the tent and they brought them right before the Lord and they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? They took the robe, they took the silver, they took the gold and they pushed it away. Do you know why that is? Because even when we're helping somebody in their sin, we can fall into it. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan. They took the silver, they took the robe, they took the bar of gold, oh, and wait for it. They took his sons, they took his daughters. Apparently Achan was a wealthy man. They took his cattle, they took his donkeys, they took his sheep, they took his goats. These are all plural in the Hebrew. They took his tent and everything he had and they brought them to the Valley of Achor. And then Joshua said to Achan, why have you brought such trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And this is gonna be hard for some of you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and they burned their bodies. And they piled a great heap of stones over Achan which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. Do you wanna know what the word Achan means in Hebrew? Trouble. Trouble. Let me ask you something, are you in trouble with God? Oh, I know you are, you are soaking in your self-righteousness. You have taken a bath in holiness. But what if God looked at your tent what if God looked at your damn tent? Is it damned? Is it? Listen to me, dads. You're so mad. You're so mad at this election. You're so upset. You're so enraged. Your kids have never seen this much passion from you. They certainly haven't seen it in church. Listen to me, dads. Achan's sin not only cost him his life, but the lives of his children. Your decisions, my decisions won't just affect our eternity, but our kids' eternity. And they are watching. Some of you say, well, I don't understand why the kids, why did the kids have to be killed? Well, you think he buried it in the tent without them knowing? He needed help to do this. He brought his whole family, he led his whole family to sin. And that's why the place is called the Valley of Trouble after they killed Achan, after they killed his family, the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the tent, the robe, the gold, the silver, the Lord was no longer angry and he blessed Israel again. Let me ask you, some of you are so mad, this election was stolen. What have you stolen from God? What have you stolen from God? I've already told you, I don't need to say it again, but I will. The Lord chooses the king.
The Lord chooses the president. Nothing was stolen from God except that's been stolen from God by his people. What have you stolen? The prophet of Malachi speaks to the people of God. He says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? What do you mean, God? I'm good. When did we ever cheat you? When have you, when have you, we ever done that, Lord? He says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due me. Listen to me. There's a part of your income every single month that God has said, that's mine. That's mine. And if you keep it, you don't live under God's blessing. You live under God's curse. And let me say this to some of my Republican wealthy friends. People who more, make more money in our church give less percentage wise. So here's what I would challenge you. If you're mad about taxes, I'm not happy about taxes. I don't rejoice giving any more money to the beast. <laughs> I would just challenge you to give the Lord what's his or he may take what's yours. Achan didn't just lose the gold, the silver, and the robe. He lost his kids. He lost all of his wealth. It was all burned away because he did not honor God. Here's the lesson, Sandals Church. You want to change America? Change yourself. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate one and love the other. And we must choose. We must choose. And I got good news for you. Some of you are like, I'm worried America's going to hell in a handbasket. It may be. I just don't want you to go in a handbasket. And I got good news for you. God will not hold you and me accountable. He will not hold me accountable for America, the world, or anyone else's tent. But I will be held accountable for what's in my tent and what I buried. On judgment day, all that stuff will come up. You see, Jesus said, we can't love God and money because we will be devoted to one. Listen to this, and we'll despise the other. Jesus said this, your treasure is where your heart is. And for some of us, our treasure is in the ground, the good old US of A. It's a bad place to store treasure. We need to repent of our sins. We need to turn to God. And we need to learn, if we want to change politics, I love you, we have to deal with money because it makes everything evil, not just our politicians, but you and me. Isn't it interesting Jesus never had any money on him? <laughs> He's like a teenager. I don't know. <laughs> he never had any money on him. And isn't it interesting that of the 12 disciples, the one who handled the money, his name was Judas. You wanna change America? You wanna change the world? Be like Jesus, not Judas. And let's start today by giving the Lord what's his. And then maybe he'll give us a country that we wanna live in, a country that is blessed, a country that is honored by God. And let me tell you something, there's never been a perfect nation. There has only always been a perfect God that chooses to bless your nation or mine. And if we want God's blessing, we have to deal with the money. Let me pray for you right now. I want you to think about two things.
I want you to think about how you can talk to your friends about the sin of money in politics. And then I want you to talk to God about the sin in your life in regards to your tithes and your offerings. And I know a lot of us are scared. 2020 has not been a great year financially. And many of us, what we've done is we've buried it in the tent. Maybe that's what Achan did. Well, Lord, I've never been at battle before, so I better have a little extra. And that little extra cost him everything. I would encourage you, talk to your friends about money. And let me tell you why. Everybody knows that's broken. But then look at yourself and say, Lord, am I broken? Have I been faithful? Have I trusted you? Let me pray for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we learn from the sin of Achan. I pray that we learn that money, Lord, oftentimes is the root of the evil we're fighting. It's what's wrong with our political system. And for many of us, it's what's wrong with us. So God, let us move and galvanize as a church to get money out of politics and let us move and galvanize ourselves as the people of God to surrender the financial blessings that you've given us, the portion of that that you've set apart. Help us, Lord, to give that back to you. I pray that in Jesus' holy name, amen. You know, this whole series has been one challenge after another. And this message is no different. You know, the subject of money was Jesus' second most talked about topic. Just as Pastor Matt reminded us, there is a correlation between what's happening in our heart and what we do with our money. As Pastor Matt said, if you wanna change your country, you have to start with yourself. And one of the best ways to start is to think about what you're doing with your money. My wife and I have been married for 12 years, 12 wonderful years, of course, of course. And with every paycheck that we have gotten, we have given to the church. Now we can say that we have done this because of the blessings we have received from our church, but we've also given because God tells us to give and we don't want to steal from God. All we are doing is giving a small portion back to him, the place where it comes from anyway. If you have never given, today can be the first time. You can start right where you are and with however much you want to give. If you already give, thank you so much. I want to ask you to consider praying to see if God is inviting you to give above what you already have been given. Seriously, pray about it first and then ask God. Every year, my wife and I increase our giving and every time we are blessed even more than the year before. That's a promise from God. Just read back over Malachi 3.10. You can give through our app or by visiting our website. But if you have your phone with you, you can safely and securely give right now by taking out your phone and texting GIVE to 951-900-4120. Thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing through Sandals Church at our 12 campuses and all over the world. Thank you. You know, one of the reasons Aiken, aka Troublemaker, lost everything was because he had no accountability, which means he had no community. He had no one in his life helping him to be real with himself and to be real with God and to be real with others. 
If you are not in a community group or where others can help you and encourage you towards the things of God, my team and I would love to help you be a part of one. Go to sandalschurch.com slash next and join a community group today. That's not something you should pray about. That's something you should be part of. As we sing this last song, I want you to center yourself, your mind, your heart, your words around who God is calling you to be and what he's wanting you to do based on how holy he is. As we're challenged right now to consider where our treasure is, can we just take a moment and personally just evaluate where that is? If God leads you to confess, will you confess? Will you confess to him, confess to others? Bring that to the light where your treasure is because when we do that, we create a holy life. We create a holy space and a ground for God to move. So we're gonna continue to worship from that place and we're gonna worship our holy and good God. So sing with us. This is holy, this is holy ground. You are holy, you are holy God. This is holy, this is holy.
says the Lord himself goes before you he will never leave you or forsake you so do not be afraid do not be discouraged because of this truth because our God is faithful he is constant we could sing these words in confidence that we place our faith in him that he is our firm foundation our solid rock and through him we will not be moved we will not be shaken come on we ask you to join in and sing in these words Sing that again. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the
us in this weekend. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be.
the Lord is in this place. And that means the Lord is also in that place, right where you are. That's how awesome God is. God is here and God is there. He is desiring us to wake up and be who he has called us to be. I know that God spoke to us today. And the question is, will we attach our hearts to where our money is? Will we find the community that he so desperately wants us to have? Let's change the world, which starts with us, which starts with me, which starts with you. We'll see you here next week.